This episode of Vegan Snack Attack is brought to you by Fetch Eyewear. These stunning eyeglass frames are super cool, and all the proceeds from Fetch Eyewear go directly to animal rescue and adoption with an organization called Pixie Project. They're awesome eyeglass frames. They're totally vegan. They fill the prescriptions for you. Go to FetchEyewear.com to learn more. And now, on to the show. If you're ever seeking for some grub that is vegan, but there's nothing new to try, or ideas have run dry, I know the feeling. But a podcast is here to relieve all your fears, so you better sink your teeth into Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vegan Snack Attack. It's me, John. Hope everyone's doing all right. Uh, and I am with a pretty awesome guest today. I want to welcome the, and you can tell me if I get anything wrong, but producer of a really cool documentary that's free to watch online called Vegan Movie, Eric Day. What's up, Eric? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, so, how. Tell me a little bit about yourself, just so that uh, everybody kind of gets to know a little bit about you, and then we're going to talk all about this movie and how it kind of came about. So, what's your uh, what's your background with, I guess, veganism and uh, and filmmaking? Uh, well, <clears throat> previous to this movie, uh, filmmaking, I had pretty much zero background, um, but I had been vegan, I guess, for about fifteen years now or so. And I've been involved in the nonprofit world a bit, especially up in Portland, Oregon. I was on the board of Northus, or up until just a, um, a couple weeks ago, actually, I was on the board of Northus Veg and helped with the Portland Veg Fest there and lots of other events around that town and did all the tech work for them. So I've, I've kind of been plugged into the, the vegan community up there for a long time. And then last... Uh, Last February of 2015, we just decided, hey, let's try doing something new and make a movie. <laughs> right on. That's pretty cool. So up until this point, you had you ever even thought about doing anything in like the audiovisual world, really? Or was it all just nonprofit work? Um, for vegan causes, it was always just the, you know, hands-on nonprofit work and the, the tech stuff. Um, I have a bit of a music background too, so I've always been interested in, you know, doing more creative things as well, but I never really tied the two together. And I think we just, uh, you know, we're brainstorming of some new project, something new that we could do that would still have an impact for animals. And we thought, Hey, you know, this is a, a type of documentary that hasn't been done before, at least not that we could find. So mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe give it a shot. <laughs> so you did this with some of the same people you were working with, with uh, like Northwest Veg? Uh, so primarily the, the other producer is my wife, Wendy. Okay. Uh, so it was the two of us sort of just brainstorming one day. Um, and then when we decided to do it, we posted on the Portland Vegans Facebook group, hey, anyone know how to make films out there? Because we want to make a movie, but we don't know how to do it. <laughs> that's great. Uh, and that's... Uh, I mean, there's there's Facebook groups for vegans in most cities, and I've been plugged into Portland Vegans uh, since I've been out here, and it is a lively group. Yes. <laughs> the mixed bag. You, you got say. a good response? 
yeah, a few people responded, and one woman responded and said, "Hey, my husband does. Uh, he's a filmmaker, and we're vegan and stuff." And I'm like, "Okay." And I the next day I emailed him and called him up, and then we met in person the day after that, and. Yeah, he he knew another uh, cinematographer who was also a vegan, and the that was basically the crew, the three of us plus my wife Wendy, um, who's more behind the scenes. But the, it's usually the three of us out on filming. That's great. It's it's beautiful. It's an absolutely stunning movie. The cinematography is great. So you really lucked out with that uh, post yes. on the Facebook group. Yes, we did. I feel very um, lucky that we've found these people because you know they they were they're filmmakers you know they're Mm -hmm. not i think you know they were vegan you know for their own reasons but i wouldn't say that they were probably activists up front Mm -hmm. um but this was a good opportunity for them to use their professional skills for something that also obviously meant a lot to them as well sure um so yeah it was just a you know perfect timing and you know coincidence that we all found each other and yeah, they they are really talented. Both Ian, the cinematographer, some of the shots that he got, as you say, you know, are just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Glenn, our director and editor, he um, and he also was the the composer on the film too. Oh, so really? I was going to ask you about the music. Is also him because his background for most of his career was actually film composing, and uh, Very cool. yeah, it was just all the right elements came together. Yeah, I. Um... For anybody listening who hasn't listened to the episode about Driftwood or anything, I do work with uh, I work with Driftwood Magazine, and we're actually starting a video series. And part of what's what's been challenging, because we want to use all vegan people in every aspect of production, is finding vegan composers to you know, even though they're short little videos, just to find something that fits the feeling of it. So that's awesome that you had that built into, you know, your crew right away. Yeah. Yeah. We feel very fortunate that all these skill sets were right there at our fingertips. So yeah, no, (laughs) this kind of fell, fell into place without much effort. And, uh, could you just do me a favor and give me a basic synopsis of vegan movie? Sure. Um, so the official title was vegan everyday stories. And we used vegan movie just because it was an available domain. And oh, okay. So you prefer media. vegan everyday stories? Yeah, that's the okay. official title. Got it. Um, but yeah, either one, it, it it works. And to be honest, it feel it felt a little strange taking on that name because, like, you know, who are we to define what vegan is? You know, all sure. the controversy out there. But we thought, hey, it's you know maybe it's time that we just throw the word out there and not try to hide it behind another title. You know, we were just very blunt with it. And we opened our website up to say, hey, tell us why you went vegan or tell us a story about why you were you are vegan or, you know, whatever it may be. We left it pretty open-ended. And we had over 700 people write into our Ooh. website with stories about, you, know, you name it. You know, we heard everything. <laughs> and uh, we read through them all and we narrowed them down. We have four feature stories Uh and then we have another maybe half dozen or so other uh, stories that we mixed in there. And then we also went and uh, interviewed some people who were not didn't write in, but you know we thought would add some good context. Yeah, I'm sure that Moby and Ed Bagley Jr. weren't like just cr- cruising on the web looking for places to talk about being vegan. You go yeah. to them. Yeah, we, we, we initiated that contact for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, everyone was just really welcoming and, um, you know, we're just so grateful. People are so open to just like, Oh, here, let's, uh, go sit down and, you know, talk to you for a few hours mm-hmm. or obviously our feature stories, we kind of invaded their life for a few days. Um, so the, the feature stories and I'm going to blank on some of their, their names, but of course there was Genesis Mm-hmm. The, I mean, how old was she? Nine? Something like that? She was eight when we eight. were filming her, and she's nine now. She is just spectacular. I yeah. mean, such an inspiration. Um, there's the the woman that owns that little farm sanctuary who... Yeah, Renee. Renee, that's right. She is amazing. I absolutely love her story and her husband, and the, the two of them are just uh, a joy to watch and to listen to. She's got some pipes on her. That's for yep. sure. <laughs> yep. I and loved when it, about that a little bit, you know, the, the, yeah. her country music career. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. And then, um, and I'm, I'm blinking on his name, but the, uh, Yassine Bon. What was that again? Yassine, the ultramarathon yes. runner. Oh my God. So, and this is a guy who came from a pretty rough background. It seemed to be like almost at death's door with drugs and who knows what else. And, just completely turned his life around. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, such inspirational stories. I mean, those were the three, um, the big ones that kind of stuck out the most. There were a few. There were a few other ones peppered it, in there, right? And the the other main story is Jerry Hasty. She's the vegan food truck owner. Right. Oh yeah, that's right. She was really yep. cool. Um, was that Amy's? That was that Amy's fast food restaurant that she went uh, to. Yeah. She, <laughs> Yeah, we were sitting in the car with her. I was in the back seat with the audio, and uh-huh. Ian, the cinematographer, was in the front seat with the camera. And, you know, she just, we were sitting in line, you know, going through the drive through. We hit record, and. <laughs> that was awesome. That, that's just what came out of it. So. No, yeah, that's, that's some of the best stuff. So, this is uh, just people's actual everyday stories, uh, their vegan journeys. Um, I, I think it turned out great. I think it's absolutely awesome. And what I like about it is that it's not forcing anything onto somebody. It's not, um, you're hearing stories about some uh, graphic things. There was the one woman who went to that slaughterhouse. and But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of documentaries, you know, they they actually show that footage and it can be disturbing for some people. And, I mean, it's definitely uh, important for people to know about and to see. But just hearing her talk about it, you can see it all in your head. Yeah, it, that was a piece that we were almost... Um not going to put into the film yeah. because we thought even though there's no graphic footage, it's mm-hmm. still pretty heart wrenching to listen to. Um, you know, when we wanted to keep it an uplifting movie more or less, but in the end we thought, Hey, you know, it's, it sucks to hear, but it's the truth. You know, yeah. I mean, if you haven't heard it before, it's something you kind of have to hear. Um, sure. yeah. but you know, we thought, you know, this is very articulate woman just sort of telling her story and having her emotions in it. You know, it's a different way of doing it mm-hmm. and hope that it's a little bit more accessible. But even in the screenings that we've done, we still see people turning their head away. You know, there's nothing to see on the screen. It's just her talking, mm-hmm. but people are still, you, you know. You can see it. You can visualize it. <laughs> yeah, they're still covering their eyes. But it's like, well, you know, that's all in all in your head at that point. Yeah, it's like so bring it's, back the cute eight-year-old. <laughs> I need to see something pleasant <laughs> in my yeah. head right now. 
Yeah, so Glenn, the director, he did a really amazing job sort of taking on the emotional roller coaster through the film. You know, you're laughing at some points and you're crying at some points. And it was the same way when we were filming. You know, when we sat down with uh, Sophia, who told this mm-hmm. story of the white cow that she met, um, you know, we were all bawling. You know, we're sitting there trying to tweak the knobs and make sure everything still looks good and sounds good. But, you know, we were we were a mess underneath. <laughs> it's, it feels like there should have been a camera on the crew just to cut back to you actually <laughs> reacting in real time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few moments that that would have been interesting to see probably. <laughs> um, so going back to just you personally, can you tell me a little bit about your vegan journey and what your vegan everyday story was? Sure. Uh, like I said earlier, it was about 15 years ago. Um, I had some friends who were really into the vegan straight edge music scene. Okay. And, and where where were you? Uh, living I grew up at the in time? Maine. I'm sorry. What's that? In Maine. Okay. So East Coast, and then um, I started. Is like okay, you guys are kind of crazy. I didn't get it, but as I slowly got into the music. Um, and then they sort of influenced me more just because if we were hanging out all the time, you mm-hmm. know, I'd vegan places because that's what they were eating. Um, and then when I was 20 years old, so I guess this would have been 2000, 2001-ish, mm-hmm. I was taking a college writing class and I had to write a paper on a, a persuasive paper and convince the reader of some topic. And even though I wasn't vegan myself at the time, I thought, hey, I'll why should you be vegan? And this would give me an opportunity to sort of do the research and and finally learn more about it and see what my friends had been talking about all this time. Mm-hmm. So I did the research. I wrote, you know, read a few books, online research, what have you. Uh, wrote the paper, and when I by the time I turned the paper, and I was vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't really unlearn that, and you know, yeah. I guess I persuaded myself in the process of writing this paper. Sure. Yeah. Um- so what's the, uh, I guess back in late 90s, early 2000s, what was the main vegan scene like? Uh, there there wasn't a vegan scene. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Thai place that you could get a couple of vegan dishes with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you knew about the shrimp paste and, you know, all this yeah. stuff. You have to order things without. And then there's an Indian food restaurant about a half hour, 45 minutes away from where we lived. Um, there was a bit more in Boston, but that was like an hour and a half sure. drive. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't a yeah. big scene at all. Yeah, when I um, when I had Ed Bigley Jr., uh, the aforementioned Ed Bigley Jr. on the podcast, you know, because he went vegan in like 1970, and I would ask him about, you know, when he was on film shoots, like what he would do or if he was being sent to different locations, he'd be like, just find the nearest like Asian restaurants, and those would be the best places to go, because... There's, uh, you know, no dairy to begin with. Um, it's just a whole hell of a lot easier now. I mean, everything is so different. I bet if you went to back to Maine, probably be a little surprised at what the options would be like. Yeah, well, I still have family there, so I'm okay. usually back there once a year or so. And uh, yeah, there's there are vegan restaurants. There's this amazing, or I guess it's at least all vegetarian restaurant in Portland, Maine that has delicious Thai food. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, I was like, in Portland, Maine of all places, but I guess it's spreading. It's good. Mm-hmm. A lot uh, more options every day. And where did you, uh, where did you go to school? Uh, 
at that time I was in Santa Cruz, California, going to community college. Then eventually I finished off up in Portland, Oregon. Oh, cool. So Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz and Portland, those are places that are a little bit more likely to uh, accommodate a vegan lifestyle, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Plenty of restaurants and natural food stores to get everything you need. (laughs) Cool. Um, And then at what point did you you meet your wife, Wendy? Is she also vegan? Yeah, she was um, born vegetarian into a vegetarian family. Really? Um, Her parents went vegetarian before they had kids. And then when they were all, when she was five, the whole family pretty much went vegan, more or less. Um, so she's been vegan most of her life. Wow. And, you know, people are always asking, like, well, because we have kids now, we have mm-hmm. two young kids. And they're like, oh, well, are you, you know, are you doing, raising your kids vegan? Are you doing that with them? And they're like, well, yeah, that's, you know, sure. <laughs> why we are, we're not going to. And they're like, well, is that safe and all that? And like, well, my, you know, Wendy's been vegetarian her whole life and vegan most of it. And she was a college athlete and mm-hmm. you know, went through many things that were demanding on her body growing up. And she's perfectly fine and healthy. So, yeah, yeah. It's, if, you know, so it's kind of nice having that uh, sort of living proof. <laughs> that, sure. Yeah. 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 I've talked to a lot of people on the podcast who, uh, have been raising kids vegan, and they're just like they're the healthiest kids I've ever seen. <laughs> and you know, yep. there's got to be some some kind of connection there. Um, yeah, it's funny. All the friends that we have who have vegan kids, they're all like huge for their age. Mm-hmm. Like right. our uh, our son, you know, we're a little bit on the taller side, but still, my, our son. People are look at him, and they're like, "Oh, is he in kindergarten? Is he in first grade?" He's like, "No, he's three years old." <laughs> <laughs> So he's he's a bit tall for his age. So obviously it's, you know, maybe it's just genetics, but, you know, he's certainly not stunted in his growth. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then did you meet your wife through the vegan community or was it just like coincidence that you were so, both vegan? I'm sorry if this is getting too personal. No, it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, on, I'm an open book. Uh, no, actually, we both moved to Portland, Oregon within two weeks of each other without knowing. Oh, no way. And she posted on Craigslist, actually. Um, when it uh, was a thing to do at the time. Yeah, it still is. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe less so. But she posted that there is a vegetarian dinner gathering. Um, so she sort of basically organized her own little dating group. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Um, yeah, so I just showed up thinking, you know, it would be nice to meet some new people who are also vegan or vegetarian or whatever and Mm. yeah we just headed off from there and started hanging out and yeah I guess it's been 10 years 10 or 11 years later we're still together and not married and all that that's awesome uh so going back to um the movie a little bit did you enjoy the experience working on a uh a movie a little different from what you've been uh, used to yeah, it was enjoyable on a few different aspects. One, I was learning a lot because I'd never done this before. Um, so that was something I really enjoyed. Just, you know, all the new, everything from the technical stuff and the gear just to like, you know, how do you how do you talk to people? How do you ask people? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I write an email to Moby and hopefully he responds and <laughs> will say he wants to sit down with us. Um, so yeah, the whole process was a very interesting learning experience, um, that I enjoyed. 
But the other thing that was really enjoyable is just getting to go into these people's lives and learn about them and mm. what inspired them and what, you know, what causes them to do the things that they do. And we feel really fortunate that people were, were so open with us. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to, when you have a camera thrown in front of your face, like, Hey, tell us your whole life story. Sure. But you know, people were just very welcoming and when we were choosing these stories, we thought, okay, these are just interesting people. We had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Yassine, we didn't know that he had this background when we first oh, started. Oh, really? Playing. Yeah. That's something that came out uh, later on in the process. You know, he kind of hinted that a little bit. We're like, okay, maybe we should explore that a little bit more, see if there's a connection that might be appropriate for the movie. And turns out that was a major part of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, sort of going from that, I guess you'd say the more selfish, um, you know, angle to the selfless angle that, mm-hmm. you know, not only was he hurting himself and his family and friends, but, um, you know, now he's living a life that he's trying not to harm anyone, not just his family and friends, but also sort of every sentient being out there. Yeah. It seems like a very rare thing that there's such a drastic transformation a person and it just it's very inspiring i mean that's i'm gonna use that word a lot because that's (laughs) that's the best word to describe every story in the movie um just straight up inspiring uh so you had no idea so when he wrote to you you were just like oh this guy is an athlete i bet that you know he's interesting enough for us to get him on camera and then (laughs) who knew uh were there other people who submitted to be part of the film who maybe you didn't include that you wish you could have or were there any that um i don't know any uh, any regrets anybody uh, that you want to talk about now rather no, than uh, going back in time no regrets you know you learn things and um you know, maybe if I was doing it over again with the knowledge I have now, we would have done things differently mm-hmm. for sure. But, you know, no regrets. Everything's a learning process and, you know, that's that's how we grow and learn. But there are, um, you know, if budget and time and all those things were no, weren't limits, yeah, we would have yeah. loved to have made like 10 movies, <laughs> you know, with you know, there are dozens of stories that we had to reject that would have been really amazing to have filmed. But due to um, just needing to narrow it down or due to location, you know, we had people writing in all over the world. Like there were dozens, if not more, um, people writing in from the UK or Mm -hmm. writing in from Australia. But, you know, unfortunately, we didn't have much of a budget to (laughs) do international travel. How did you get funding for this? We... Uh, initially, Wendy and I uh, sort of kickstarted the project with a donation to because the, it's all a nonprofit project. Mm-hmm. So we donated to this movie fund to get it going, and then we um, I called up a lot of friends and family and said, like, hey, you know, sort of poke them and say, hey, we're doing this project, can you help us out? And then we did, of course, an online, uh, I guess, crowdfunding campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do it through traditional Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or those. We did it just through our own website. But we had the support of um, some of the bigger national vegan nonprofits to help get the word out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and as we did 
more content, you know, as we would put a sneak peek or a trailer out, you know, that of course would generate more donations and, um, yeah, just kind of piece it together one donation at a time. That's, uh, that's really cool. I mean, so it's like pure nonprofit because you're offering it for free. You can watch it for free on the website. So, um, the donations that you got, it's not like they're, it's investors or anything. Did you have any investors who were looking for anything in return or was it all just like, we just want you to do this? No, uh, you know, we are very blunt up front. Like this is a non, you know, 501c3 nonprofit project. Mm -hmm. the, we are doing this as an outreach tool to help spread the message. You know, there, there's no one on the back end making money any money off of this and any excess funds we're going to go back to the nonprofits if mm -hmm. you know we're still using a lot of the funds to do promotion and translations into other languages oh, uh, cool. and doing stuff like that so there's still room for more funding and the more we can raise the more we can essentially spread it through uh, online publicity and that sort of thing mm -hmm. but yeah there's no um, there's no uh, idea to ever really make money off of sure. it in a personal sense or anything like that. And when we decided to release it online, we're, our goal was to basically get it in, in front of as many eyes as possible, mm -hmm. lower that barrier to watching it. And we thought, well, you know, we could try to get it on Netflix. It may or may not due to the content. You know, it's a, it's a big gamble. We can get into other online platforms. Like, it will be on things like Amazon and Google, oh, cool. because those are easier to get into. Mm -hmm. um, but we thought, well, what's the easiest way for someone to watch this movie? And it's like, well, if I can just hit play on social media, like if I'm on Facebook and I can hit the play button and I'm watching a movie, or if I can just go to a website and I hit play and it's playing right there in front of me, that seems like a pretty low bar to be able to access the movie. So we thought, okay, let's just do that. That seems to, you know, maybe it's not the most traditional route that mm -hmm. distribute movies, but certainly accessible. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it seems like thanks to platforms like Netflix, uh, it's been encouraging a lot of people to at least try uh, changing their diet, perhaps even going completely vegan. And I'm sure it's uh, inspired a lot of people to just go completely vegan. There's so many great documentaries that you can watch on Netflix. Um were there any of those that kind of gave you the uh, the boost to just say like, you know what, I think that this is something that I want to get involved with, but do it a little bit differently? Uh, how many, I mean, have you seen a lot of the other documentaries out there? Yeah, I'm sure I haven't seen them all, but I, I've certainly so many. seen a lot. <laughs> um, but obviously the, the big ones that come to mind are like, uh, you know, Forks Over Knives and Cowspiracy mm -hmm. and Speciesism and a lot of, and unfortunately, Earthlings. Mm -hmm. I say that just because it's a very difficult movie to watch. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and many others. I, you know, I could go on for half an hour probably naming them. <laughs> but one thing that we thought was, I, I guess you would say missing um, or maybe a, an opportunity more so that hadn't really been explored is what about people who are not just sort of, hey, you're going to try going vegan for 30 days. You know, like mm -hmm. veg Vegucated does this. And it's really interesting to watch to see people transform, you know, in the movie. 
Um, but we didn't really hear from people who had been vegan for, you know, five or 10 years, or they've maybe established a, in one of our stories, like a vegan food truck, you know, like mm-hmm. what about that person. And we also, as we talked about a little early, we wanted to make something that was uplifting and a little more positive, not just, you know, here, watch this factory farm footage, and then we're going to tell you why you should <laughs> right. stop, you know, eating meat. And those are important documentaries. Um, but we wanted something a little bit more accessible. Obviously, this one we try to make a little more kid-friendly. Sure. Um, so, you know, we've had a lot of kids watch it. And, you know, like that white cow scene and maybe a couple mm-hmm. of them are a little hard to watch. But sure. besides that, it's, you know, it's it's fairly accessible and fairly uplifting and, as you said, nicely inspiring, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I mean, for... Uh, so we wanted to sort of fill a complement all these other movies in mm-hmm. a different way, you know, and do something a little bit different. But we are certainly inspired by all those other filmmakers. Yeah, well, uh, just going back to what you're saying about with with kids watching it, I mean, just to see another kid talking about it, and it it breaks down the barrier between, like, this is an adult decision that adults make for the kids. It's like, no, a kid can make their own decision, and it's up to the adults to be supportive or not. And, I mean, hopefully it also encourages parents of children to say if their child comes to them with the request like i want to stop eating animals and animal products for them to say i am okay with uh supporting this uh decision and i will not get in the way of it and if they decide that it's not for them then we'll we'll figure that out when we get there but just right now if they don't want to eat animal products I have to be okay with that. And I mean, maybe it can even spread to the generations and uh, keep on going on. But uh, yeah, I think that it's, it's really important for people of all ages because I don't think that a lot of kids are going to be watching uh cowspiracy. It doesn't, it's not something that seems like, Oh, I definitely want to watch that instead of watching, you know, whatever cartoons or kid shows. It's like, this is, Rather than that, they see something that has this eight-year-old girl in it talking about her experiences, and she's mm-hmm. just so fun and likable that you just want to be on her side. Um, did you, when you first actually uh, met Genesis, were you like, oh man, cha-ching, except not cha-ching, <laughs> but metaphorical cha-ching? We were very inspired, yes. I mean, yeah. did we, we first read about her. Um, she has a Facebook page that you you can follow her and, and the different things that she does. Mm-hmm. And we were reading like, oh, she seems, you know, pretty amazing. Like, how is someone this young getting it and doing so much already? You know, it kind of makes you feel like you're lazy <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, right. pretty late in the game hopping on this. Um, but then we did a Skype interview with her and her mm-hmm. mom and some of her brothers and sisters and you see her mom and Genesis sitting there but then like her siblings are all sort of crawling all around you know <laughs> because three siblings and it was uh it was funny but yeah just like you said she's just very very inspiring and you know she she obviously has a real charisma to her that you know comes out in the film mm-hmm. and such amazing parents too I just gotta yeah. say it 
yeah, like you were saying just a couple minutes ago, you know, when a kid decides that, hey, I, I don't want to eat animals anymore because they find out, you know, Moby said it really well in the movie, like they find out what's in their burger and they're horrified. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, and, and they should be. And, and then parents, if they just sort of ignore that or they say, oh, you know, get over it, just, you know, eat it anyways. And, you know, it's basically kind of teaching kids that, no, you have to learn to just accept this horror that you're eating every, you know, or multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And it's a really sad thing when kids don't get to express that natural empathy that they have and, um, and gets knocked out of them as they get older. So yeah. it's I mean, what kid doesn't so, love animals? Yeah. It, so it's always amazing when you hear like, oh, you're, the parents are accepting of the kid not wanting to eat. And the whole family went vegan themselves. I mean, unfortunately, that's probably not an everyday story, but it should be, you know. And it, it could be. Yeah, and yeah. it can be. And, and hopefully this, seeing this, her story especially, but seeing the film maybe make a few more parents, you know, be supportive of kids when they have these types of reactions, when they mm-hmm. find out where their food really comes from. Yeah. Um, was it uh, intimidating talking to Moby. He's kind of an intense guy. Uh, not really. Uh, you know, it was pretty relaxed. You know, we, there was the time crunch. Obviously, he's a very busy guy, sure. so we didn't wanted to, like, get everything, you know, ask the questions that we wanted and obviously not screw anything up technically on the back end. Um, but, no, he, he was very, very chill, you know, for the most part. And... With everyone, not just the sort of the bigger name people, but everyone in the film, usually the first little bit, like you can tell they're trying to size you up, like who are these people and why are they talking to me? Mm-hmm. And, but as the interview went on, you know, he opened up even more and, you know, was obviously said some really amazing things that yeah. to share through the film. I'd say the, the person that was probably a little more intimidating, both because we had less time um, and we we're felt a little bit more out of place was with Russell Simmons. <laughs> oh, geez, Russell Simmons. Um, you know, because obviously he has... Uh, he's he, Russell Simmons. Yeah, he's he's a very, you know, very busy guy. And, you know, here three, like, guys drove down from Portland just to, yeah. like, sit down with him for 10 minutes in his office. Like, who are we, you know? And yeah. it felt a little strange. Uh, you know, the, the pressure was on to... to get as much as we could in those 10 or 15 minutes we had with him and um yeah we we just made it work and you know and he said some really good things that came through in the film oh sure and i'm sure he talks about it enough that he kind of has a you know a a pre-planned statement already just ready to go um but yeah i feel like with something like russell simmons where you're probably only going to get a few minutes it's just like whatever we get We'll figure out a way to get it in there. <laughs> uh, more or less. You know, we, Glenn was always asking the questions, you know, so it wasn't just tell us your story. It was, right. you know, very targeted stuff that was hopefully going to be relevant to other parts of the film. As, you know, he obviously ties in with some of the things that Yassine was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, you know, sort of have a natural progression of some of the, the topics. But, yeah, it's it's still nervous just because you you don't want to screw it up yeah. <laughs> you know because of the limited time that you get with some of these people and uh it's it's a weird thing too like i always have a weird uh 
uh, weird thoughts with celebrities because, mm-hmm. you know, I, on one hand, I'm sort of kind of the counterculture where it's like it's weird that we have this concept of celebrity in our culture. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, when you're trying to s- spread a, a positive message, like they have amazing influence. Sure. And this was actually something that Russell Simmons talked about in his interview that we didn't use. And he's talking about, you know, you have all these, you know, very important people out in the world, um, you know, academics and, you know, researchers and whatnot who are have this amazing body of knowledge and so much to share. And, you know, once in a while you'll see an article about them in a newspaper. But then you have someone like Beyonce and she can tweet something and it gets seen by, you know, orders of magnitude more people than people who have, you know, some amazing things to share. And not saying that Beyonce doesn't have amazing things to share too. I'm sure she does. It's just you have sort of this difference of influence, you know, Mm -hmm. in the spheres that they can affect of, you know, every there's a lot of people who have a lot of important things to say, but the celebrity status allows you to to spread so much more. And um, you know, we kind of went back and forth whether we even wanted to include celebrities in the film, but we mm-hmm. thought, you know, having people, especially within the vegan community, who could help sort of say things and maybe bring some, uh, I don't know, some authenticity or, or some uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Just a little more weight to the film, like, hey, this is a real thing because it has legitimacy. Yeah, in a way. yeah legitimate. Yeah, yeah. It has people who are you know known in the entertainment business at least to some degree. Maybe it might give it a little bit, bit more legitimacy. Mm-hmm. We decided to try going forward, and luckily, the the people we some of the people we contacted at least were very gracious gracious enough to mm-hmm. give us their time to include them. So you you just mentioned uh, some of the stuff that Russell Simmons said that wasn't able to make the cut. Were, were there other things that you really wanted to include in the final cut of the film that maybe got taken out or just didn't have the right place in it? Uh, anything that anybody said that really just sticks out to you? Dozens of things. Um, <laughs> you know, we had we filmed for twenty five days, mm-hmm. so yeah, and we boiled, or I should say, Glenn, our, you know, did the editing. He boiled all that down to ninety minutes. <laughs> so, so we could go back and probably make two or three other movies at least with really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember uh, when we interviewed Dr. Neil Bernard. Um, we could probably make a forty-five minute documentary just about stuff that he was talking about. Huh. You know, but we we sort of asked him lots of questions. You know, obviously health-related questions due to his background. And we use the ones that were most relevant for the storyline in the film. Sure. Uh, could you just give me a little bit of background about Dr. Bernard? Uh, just so that the listeners know kind of who he is. People know who Moby is, but maybe yeah. not Dr. Bernard. <laughs> yeah, Neil, Dr. Neil Bernard, he's the founder and president of uh, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. They do a lot of amazing work, especially um, in schools and with government to basically promote, you know, plant-based diets and, uh, and also to reduce um, animal testing in a lot mm-hmm. of libraries um, and medical training facilities. And they're unique in that they do a lot of um, policy work and political work that, you know, some groups certainly do. But, you know, they, one of the big things that they do is they're constantly working on the USDA dietary guidelines. Oh, good. And yeah. over the past... You know, and Dr. Bernard talks about this in the film a bit about how 
you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, half the committee who were making these guidelines were also on the boards of like the dairy industry sure. and the meat industry. And, you know, they took legal action and got those people off the board. And now it's a much more open process and you right. can sort of essentially get some of these harmful foods off of the recommended signs yeah. <laughs> or make it a little bit more generic. So it's not, you know, demonizing vegetarianism or veganism. It's like, okay, no, it's perfectly healthy to have a vegetarian or vegan diet. You know, there's not that roadblock anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, he, he's doing incredibly important work. And uh, I think that it's like somebody, people like him should have the same celebrity status as Moby or Russell Simmons, uh, just because of how important they are to this world. And, mm -hmm. uh, who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be a little fan club that sparks <laughs> from your movie. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So how long has it been uh, publicly available? We released it um, at the L.A. premiere, which was the J June 17th, I believe. Okay. It could be – it's been a kind of a crazy month. But yeah, yeah. mid-June roughly um, because we – organized the Portland and LA premieres and then we were also at the film festival on June 4th when that was our world premiere mm -hmm. um but yeah after that it's after that we just wanted to make it available and there's a lot of other screenings that people have organized independently um you know it seems like every day or so I'm getting an email like hey I'm in you know Sydney Australia I'd like to organize a screening I'm like oh great yeah you that's know. awesome <laughs> It's and, like, will you fly me out, please? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, no. Um, <laughs> the, actually, where was it? Uh, Bali. Uh -huh. We have a screening coming up, I think, in September. That's so, so that'll cool. That'll be exciting. Um, for, you know, I won't be going, but it would be, you know, better uses of money, I suppose. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Flying all the way out there. Um, but, yeah, it's just been a, a great response. People putting on screenings or obviously now just watching it online all over mm -hmm. the world. And you said that it's going to be available on Amazon and Google. When is that going to be happening? Um, we're still working on that. There's a, not a traditional distribution company, but there's a company that we're working with that helps yeah. you get into these platforms. Um, and also iTunes will be on oh, there. Oh yeah. So in, in iTunes, will it be a, a free, uh, video on there too? It will be as, cheap as we can make it if not free yeah. um, some platforms like I know iTunes probably in particular will require a fee you know mm -hmm. because why would they put something on that they can't charge for yeah um, so maybe it'll be like you know 99 cents or two dollars but it's more about getting into as many platforms so sure. people find it through different venues rather than if there's a price tag on it it's just because it's required <laughs> so I uh I guess I will say this to anybody listening. If you can afford to to wait a little bit and can also afford a buck or two, maybe wait until it's on iTunes or you know anywhere else where it might have some sort of uh, fee structure. Because, I mean, the more success movies like Vegan Everyday Stories have, uh, the better it is for all vegans and all vegan documentaries, too. Um, I you know just those those are the bigger the bigger platforms you know your Amazon and your iTunes things like that so I think that it's probably it would be best for people to see it on those right um 
I guess I, I don't know all the details, but, but if it helps get them into, I don't know if they have trending lists, I'm sure, within mm-hmm. these platforms, that certainly helps for the exposure, for yeah. sure. Um, but of course, if people also want to help support the movie, they can just go to the website and make a donation as well. Oh, yeah, there's a donate button right at the top of the website, and yep. that's veganmovie.org. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And uh, do you think that you will, in the future maybe do another volume of this movie or just another, you know, type of movie in general? Are did you get I the bug? Think so. <laughs> I, I think so. It's I'm not sure what it will be or it, you know it was an amazing experience, you know, both learning personally and uh, you know, learning more about people and sort of the sort learning about what vegan means to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving in from a lot of the things that I've learned making this film, it also made me question what's the most effective thing I can do for animals. Like, is making another documentary the best thing I can do with my time and money and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, and if if we find the right topic that we think fits that criteria... It's like, yes, if we make a documentary that covers this and this and this, um, or maybe exposes this new idea, and we think it'll get seen enough by enough people, um, you know, if it's going to be effective, then we'll do it. But I'm, we're still, you know, obviously talking with Glenn and Ian, the other filmmakers in this film, and my wife, Wendy. It's like, what could we do that's going to have an impact? Um, so to be determined, I suppose. Maybe you should make a documentary about the late 90s vegan straight-edge scene in Maine. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's dying to see that. <laughs> I'll, I'll interview my five friends. And <laughs> It'll it. be a short film, but yes. it can exist. You have the, you have the know-how now. You, you know how to do it. You know all the processes. I, I suppose, yeah. I don't think it would have a very large audience. <laughs> you never know. I don't know. You've got some clout behind you now. You can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, thank you so much for for chatting with me. Is there anything else that you wanted to let uh, the listeners know before we wrap things up? Uh, I guess the only thing is, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, check it out. And you know, you you listening and possibly watching this movie are the distribution network. So you know, if you enjoy it tell everyone you know. Um, I kind of joke around with some people that uh, one of the reasons that I made a movie, or not just me, but one of the reasons that at least inspired me to make a movie like this was to be able to finally show my mother, like, this is why (laughs) why I do things, you know, and not in a cruel way, you know, with the animal footage and all that, but Mm -hmm. like, like it's, I'm not the weirdo who doesn't eat certain things. Sure. You know, like it's, it's just a, a lifestyle and ultimately it's just about choosing compassion and not wanting to hurt our fellow earthlings. Um, and you can still be healthy and, and have fun, you know, living this lifestyle and hopefully getting it to people who, you know, like, Oh yeah, I have a, you know, I have a son who's vegan or my coworker is vegan. Like, what is that thing about? Like, I don't, I don't get it, you know, and this right. is hopefully like an introduction not just to it's, them, but it, like to to people who are 
getting into maybe going vegan themselves. And it's a an introduction that isn't like, here are the rules of being vegan. You know, it's it's going a step beyond that. And it's getting down into the reasons why people do it rather than just what it is in general, um, which I think is a more important thing to, to inform people about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hopefully in a way that is you're living someone else's experience and why they did it. Mm-hmm. it we're, one of the things we didn't want is to be preaching and say, here's why you should be vegan. Right. That, it kind of feels funny you know, when you hear that stuff. And people usually put up their defenses when they hear mm-hmm. someone talk to them like that. But this was just like, no, come into this person's lives and learn, you know, a little bit of their story. Mm-hmm. You can sort of live their experience. And if you want to do it as well, great. You know, if not, you know, it's your choice. So. Sure. And, and you could look at somebody like Renee, and um, I'm blanking on her husband's name. Tommy. Tommy. And just say, like, these people have generations of tradition of, you know, raising cattle for uh for slaughter and just because it's tradition doesn't mean you have to keep it up you can reinterpret it your own way you know it's uh you see people like that and you're just like if it's possible for them it's possible for anybody yeah yeah that that was a big uh conscious effort is we wanted to get as much diversity in this film of whether you're a texas cattle rancher or a nfl player <laughs> oh yeah that's right you know it's like that's that part was hilarious by the way oh my god um you're gonna have to watch it to find out what we're talking about (laughs) about that (laughs) and then share hopefully share it with some family who might also be interested absolutely well eric thank you so much for for chatting with me and yeah everybody go to veganmovie.org uh watch it if you don't have 90 minutes just go straight to that donate button (laughs) and uh yeah. Or watch it in chunks, you know. Watch it in chunks. That's what I did. It, it's kind of, uh, the stories have natural cutting points, so you can sort of pause it at different points and pick up later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. However well, you can watch it. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what, what, comes, uh, what comes next. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for having us and, uh, yeah, helping spread the message about the film. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I. Uh, there's going to be some contact information for myself and for Eric and all the links and everything that I've talked about in the description of the show. So check that out. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) 